you are now about to experience the Revive Effect. My name is Matt Celestio, entrepreneur and holistic health specialist. And if you're ready to start your health journey but don't know where to begin, you are in the right place. At Revive, we create better ways of living for our generation by changing the conversation around health. And each episode shows you exactly how to build health into your life. You'll unlock tactics to improve your sleep, nutrition, anxiety, self-talk, and mind. Break free from quick fix culture because it's time you learn to love your body and start to feel like the real you again. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the TRE, The Revive Effect podcast. I'm your host, Matt Celestio. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. As we always got another good episode lined up for you, I'm excited for you to be here. Because we're covering today one of the topics that really seems to come up time and time again in terms of what people keep asking for. What kind of content keeps resonating for our listeners and you here at Revive. And that's on this topic of anxiety. When we just released this anxiety masterclass that we did, it was a three-part audio training. And what we've done with this episode is I've just compiled all of those three separate episodes and put them all together in this nice, one, cohesive, big episode just for you. So when you hear me talking about the Anxiety Masterclass throughout each section of this podcast, that's what I'm talking about. We just merged all three of them together. Now, because this episode is long, I want to keep this intro very short for you. So I'm going to tell you exactly what we are going to cover today. If you are someone that has spiraling episodes you deal with anxiety, you have overthinking, and you feel really overstimulated and overwhelmed, we are covering all of that today in the episode. When we're looking at part one of this anxiety masterclass, we dive into the link between your unmet needs and anxiety. And in this part and in this episode, we talk about how the same way that we can fill our bodies with junk food is the same way that we can fill our lives with junk values. And these junk values are pretty much your unmet needs that is causing you to get these feelings of anxiety and we take a deep dive into how you can go about that, identify that and spin it so you can reframe it in a way where your needs are met and you show up feeling happier, more energized and more supported in terms of where you want to go in your mental well-being, physical well-being and all aspects of that. Later, we're going to dive into part two, which is my favorite one. It's food, mood and inflammation. And it's really cool because a lot of research is showing that the types of food you eat has the power to actually elevate your feelings of anxiety depending on if it increases levels of inflammation in your body. And basically to make that so simple for you to understand, food has the capacity to increase inflammation, but it also has the capacity to decrease inflammation. And when you're not aware of how this balance, this delicate balance works between food and inflammation it can cause your feelings of anxiety to either heighten or diminish. And we want them to diminish. So we show you in this section how you can start reducing your inflammation through eating food, in turn, reducing your anxiety. Really, really cool stuff. And I've seen this happen time and time again in my life. And after reading the research, it makes 100% complete sense to me, at least in my personal opinion. And lastly, part three, this is where we talk about the digital world, super stimuli and overwhelm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you and I live in the social media era, the content era. I'm no stranger to the amount of content that we're bombarded with every day. So this episode shows you how to properly navigate this digital landscape that surrounds us every single day. 
And I actually make a joke, and I believe it's one of these episodes uh, in here, or it's another one that I did with Romina uh, around uh, self-talk and inner voice and anxiety, is when I just released this three-part anxiety training, the next day I almost had like this mini panic attack. And I go, this is so funny because I just released an anxiety masterclass, yet here I am succumbing to the feelings of anxiety. But after I really took that step back and understood what I did with my day to make me feel like that, I think one of the biggest contributors there was the digital world and the overwhelm and the super stimuli because I was on my computers and phone and laptop so much. So it's a really powerful realization for me to just reaffirm what we just spoke about in this episode. So without further ado, I want to jump right in. So we got a three-part episode coming up, all compiled in this beautiful one podcast for you. But before we do that, I want to tease you something really special that's coming out in January here at Revive. We're shifting our entire business model to deliver to you one of the coolest products I think we've ever done at Revive. And it's designed for you to start feeling like you again. Like we've already done here at Revive, we've done some digital programs already. What we are doing now is building this huge library of holistic wellness programs that take you step by step through your health journey, regardless of the area of health. From lifestyle to mental health to nutrition, fitness and movement and sleep, we have you all covered. So coming in January, we've partnered with seven other course creators right now and we're building this massive library of programs that are six weeks in length that takes you to complete from start to finish and again, guides you through the entire journey step by step. Now, I want to read you some really cool topics that we have coming up because I think you're going to get a lot of intrigue just by hearing some of the names. So we've got our psychotherapist, Romina. She's working on mastering your anxiety. Later on, we're going to be launching a program called Overcoming Self-Talk. We have Renique launching the Gut Revival. So that's helping you reduce bloating, the proper way to lose weight loss, and understanding how to improve the elevation of your gut health. I'm going to be launching my own sleep reset program, which is going to teach you how to start sleeping better and longer. Cody's coming out with a self-mastery course to help you Really step into your true power and show up as who you really want to be. Alicia is working on quantum mindset shifting and showing you how to change your behaviors and change your attitudes and belief systems so that you can show up and take massive action every single day. And we got so many other amazing programs. It's going to take me so long to list all on the podcast, but just have a look over to our website, reviveofficial.ca. And you can take a look at the programs which launched in January. So I just wanted to give you a little sneak peek because we're really excited. We're working on a lot of cool things in the back end. So stay tuned for that. Now, without further ado, let's do what we intended to do when we came here. Let's dive into our anxiety episode so you can start feeling more calm, clear, and in control. Let's go. Welcome to the first part of our Anxiety Masterclass, the link between your unmet needs and anxiety. This topic will show you a different perspective around how to sustainably ease your anxiety, even without that mainstream advice like yoga, breathing exercises, or meditation. Now, although these are great tools to help you mitigate your anxiety, in the first part of this masterclass, my intention is to help you use a fresh approach to start feeling more calm, level-headed, and in control of your spiraling thoughts, you know, instead of feeling that overwhelmed and, you know, constantly overthinking to the point where you're worried and too worried about taking action for the things you want most in life. And now let's qualify our listeners. Does this sound like you? Are you constantly overthinking or feel scatterbrained? 
Do you deal with this tightness in your chest and your breathing isn't smooth? Do you spiral with negative thoughts? Are you stuck in fear because of your constant negative self-talk? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then you are in the right place. As someone who has personally handles anxiety on a daily basis and has dove into the research, I want to take your hand today and guide you through the link between your unmet needs and anxiety so you can start making simple changes that leave you feeling calm and in control. And another huge component of why our programs teach you how to navigate your mind, self-talk, and anxiety, because without doing this, it's your fast one-way ticket to falling off of your health goals, nutrition goals, fitness goals, whatever the case may be. Since our programs teach you to overcome your root causes for spiraling, self-sabotaging behaviors, and anxiety, you are able to improve your self-talk, elevate your self-love, and give you control over your mind, actions, and behaviors. This way, in turn, you improve your mood, motivation, and consistency. Just think how easy it is to wake up energized every day to attain your better body, make healthier food, and dive into healthier habits when you feel free. That's why our students at Revive know how to master their minds instead of feeling stuck and frustrated and mentally anxious when it comes to making more beneficial changes in their health and in their lives. Now, am I saying you're the problem? 100% not. Over 3 million Canadians deal with anxiety on a daily basis. There's clearly something wrong happening within our culture that's causing 1 in 7 people to feel this way. And of course, there are people struggling with depression and anxiety because they have chemical or hormonal imbalances. Now, if this is you, I please encourage you to seek help. For the vast majority of us, though, it's our unmet needs causing us to feel anxious and depressed. It's in the way that we live. This is an interesting perspective that I came across in Johan Hari's TED Talk, and it really showed me the link between how your unmet needs could be causing you to feel extremely anxious. Now, I'm going to share a direct quote from his talk to tell you exactly what I mean, okay? Here it is. Everyone here knows you've all got natural physical needs, right? Obviously. You need food, you need water, you need shelter, you need clean air. If I took those things away from you, you'd all be in real trouble real fast. But at the same time, every human being has natural psychological needs. Meaning, okay, now this is us talking back, we're back into the podcast. This meaning, just like your body starts to shut down or respond negatively, if it doesn't have water, food, or clean air, your mind will start to act out negatively when it isn't receiving the basic necessities it needs. And as our culture, it has brought us further and further away from our natural environment or you know, filled our lives with overstimulating tech, it's brought you further away from tending to your psychological needs. Now at this point, I know you're probably asking, Matt, what the heck are you talking about my psychological needs? What Break this down for me. And I'm glad you're asking. You're asking the right questions. Because I've boiled them down into three big needs. And we're part one of this masterclass. We're going to touch on each one of them and illuminate some things for you that you maybe couldn't see were affecting your mind. So are you ready for it? And it boils down to three major needs. Okay, here they are. Purpose, happiness, and belonging. I'll say it one more time. Purpose, happiness, and belonging. That's it. Three things. And the more effort that you take to maintain these three psychological needs for your mind, the easier it will feel to step back into feeling calmer, cooler, and in control of your headspace. 
And the reason I say this and the reason I'm asking you to invest in these three psychological needs is because you can't hold two mental states simultaneously. Think about it. Can you really feel anxious if you're feeling genuine happiness in the moment? Are you anxious when you find meaning in doing the things that light you up? Whether that's planning a group birthday card for your friend or you know giving a homeless man a five. You can't. That's why meeting these unmet psychological needs is so powerful. Now at this point, I know you're probably thinking it's not that easy to shift your mental state like we just spoke about. But I'm going to challenge that for you, okay? Let's paint a story together. Imagine you're dating someone. You like them a lot. Things are going great for a whole year. Then all of a sudden, ooh, they send you a text. Ah, it's over. Sorry, not working out. It's not you. It's me. Thanks for everything. Have a good life. Now, for the next three months, your friends try and invite you out, but you just can't go because you're feeling so sad, tired, low. It's like you can't. It's like nothing can break you away from this feeling. Then out of the blue, you get a text. Ooh, it's the ex. They want to get back together and they want to meet for coffee this afternoon to talk some things out. Immediately, you get out of bed, you turn off that TV, you hop in the shower, put on your best looking clothes and you head out the door to meet them. After months of not being able to break the chains of this horrible feeling, you instantly felt energized, alive and excited to go see them. Where did that energy come from? How did your mental state shift immediately? And I'll tell you how. It's because your psychological needs of happiness and belonging were met when you got that text. How could you possibly feel sad now that you've gotten a text saying they want to get back together? All it took was a text. So imagine if you started taking simple actions yourself to start meeting your psychological needs that are unmet to shift your mental state from overwhelmed and anxiety ridden to calm, confident and clear. Just imagine what this would mean for your goals and life feeling in control and not being subject to your mind. So let's stop talking about the the subject. Let's dump right into the three needs and how you can start taking action on them right now, right after listening to this podcast. So the first is purpose. Now, I'm not talking about finding your life's purpose by quitting your job and feeling called to go save orphan baby elephants in the plains of Africa. Okay, when we say purpose... We're talking about constantly learning and developing yourself in all areas of your life. It's unique to you and everyone listening right now. Maybe you want to start making healthier food choices at your work on your lunch break. Maybe you want to start moving your body more when you, you know, start your mornings. Little small habits that require effort to help you grow and elevate your mind, body and life is your purpose. World-renowned psychologist Carol Dweck, okay, she says, and this is a direct quote from her, effort is one of the things that gives meaning to life. Effort means you care about something, that something is important to you and you are willing to work for it. It would be an impoverished existence if you were not willing to value things and commit yourself to work toward them. Ah, Carol, hey girl, you are on fire. That's a fantastic quote. And it really sums up exactly what we're talking about here. A lot of the time, we're not happy or fulfilled because we're doing what other people have told us to do. Get this job because it's safe. You know, let's go out drinking every weekend. Who cares about waking up early to exercise? We're ordering pizza tonight instead. But because that's not the real you, and that's not what you truly want, that's the problem that is causing your unmet needs. 
You want to take control over your health and happiness, yet your energy is being wasted every day and your psychological need of living out your purpose gets blown out like a candle. To be living out your purpose, no matter how big or small, it requires you to put in some effort to the things that you value most. But like our culture fills our grocery store aisles and pantries with junk food that makes you feel tired, sluggish, and low, they've taught you to buy into junk values that leave you feeling that exact same way. Very rarely, think about it, think about it. Very rarely are you told to hit the gym to enjoy the array of feel-good hormones that can simultaneously elevate your health and improve your mental well-being. Instead, you're usually told to hit the gym so you can stay looking like the influencer models. Very rarely are you told to go enjoy healthy foods that leave you feeling nourished, satisfied, and guilt-free. You're usually instead told to try the trendy diet, don't eat that much food, and avoid carbs like the plague. Because you're surrounded by and told to do these things without question, you end up working towards something, but it's not something that's valuable to you. The power of working towards something valuable to you can have massive wins for your well-being. And this is where we're going to talk about anxiety and its link to the purpose and the unmet psychological needs. So buckle up your seatbelt. This is cool stuff, all right? A study referenced in Victor Stretcher's book, Life on Purpose, the guy who wrote the book on purpose. It looked at young adults beginning their careers either placing an importance on money, fame, and image versus those who placed an importance on things like personal growth, relationships, community. And it turns out, those who attained the money, fame, and image, they reported greater anxiety and even worse physical symptoms of poor health. Meanwhile, those who worked towards personal growth, relationships, and community, they reported greater life satisfaction, self-esteem, and overall well-being. So how can you start taking action on your purpose to experience less anxiety and a calmer, clearer, healthier headspace? And the answer, believe it or not, it lies in kids. Now, I'm, hear me out. I know I'm going off on a tangent right now, but I want you to pay up, pay attention to this, okay? When we're talking about kids, I'm specifically talking about a learning method that is used in specific schools. And this approach is called the Montessori learning method. And basically, really simply, the idea is that when kids learn in a Montessori school, they can take the lead in their learning. Teachers don't interfere. If a child wants to play with blocks, guess what? They're free to do so. If another child hates blocks, but instead, you know what? Loves painting, teachers freely let them do it. What these classrooms are teaching by doing this is the very definition of purpose, setting these children up for a lifetime of positive well-being. Purpose is concerned with what you most deeply value. You're acting in alignment for what matters most to you, just as these Montessori children are. They are only taking action in alignment with the things in the class they value most. To show you the power behind following your purpose, a study in Frontiers in Psychology, they actually followed up with previous Montessori students in their adulthood and found, even after accounting for age, gender, race, household, childhood, income, and social class, and years in private school, they revealed that attending Montessori for at least two years in childhood was associated with significantly higher adult well-being in terms of general well-being, engagement, social trust, and self-confidence. And here's where it's awesome to study. It later goes on to state, we found that the more years one attended Montessori, the higher one's well-being was as an adult. 
Start clarifying what you value and start trying new things like the kids in the classrooms. You'll naturally start discovering that what you like and once you do that, you'll be pulled organically in that direction. Purpose is fluid. It's dynamic. Don't think you need to find your calling for the rest of your life. It's not always about striving for perfection, but rather for consistent growth. So now let's move on to number two, okay? Happiness. Now, I want you to honestly answer this question. Are you doing things that bring you happiness? I always forget to do this because I so easily get caught up in my business and I constantly work and then I wonder why I feel so anxious, disconnected and unhappy. And over time, I've realized we usually fill our environments with either two big things, work or distraction. Everything, and here's the big takeaway of this podcast, one of the big ones, everything you do either feeds your ego or your soul. Feeding your ego is doing things like chasing a fit body, working out in a gym you hate because you want to make your high school Instagram followers jealous. Meanwhile, on the opposite spectrum, feeding your soul is moving your body in a way that you actually like to enjoy an array of feel-good hormones and improve your mental health. You can see the contrast there, right? So the more you feed your soul, the more in alignment, zen, and happier you'll feel. And like we said at the beginning, you can't feel opposite spectrum feelings at the same time. You can't feel anxious or sad when you're doing things that bring you happiness. Ensuring you're feeding your soul more times than not, you will maintain that happy, light feeling and simultaneously release anxiety, spiraling, and overwhelm. Now, I always say happiness is a work ethic. It requires you to maintain it by continually showing up and putting in the effort. And there's that effort word again that we spoke about earlier. And like the kids were the answer to our psychological unmet need of purpose, they're also the answer to our psychological unmet need of happiness. And this time, they're the answer because of one key thing that they do every day. And that one thing, and that one thing, play. Play! We think of health, okay, listen, we think of health always as meal plans, influencer workouts, you know, breathing exercises. But doing this causes us to neglect the other areas of our health that pack such a massive positive impact. Don't get me wrong. These things are great as well, but we're on the topic of happiness right now. So I want to ask you, can you remember the last time you played? Can you remember the last time you took the time and legitimately took the time to immerse yourself in an activity that you truly enjoy? For me, that's longboarding, playing basketball, doing any outdoor activity, something where I'm moving or makes me feel excited. It's when I feel most alive. And because I do this, I bring a much fresher, newer energy for my business goals, my relationship goals, my health goals. I'm much more likely to give my meals more effort to nourish my body when I'm feeling high vibe and happier versus when I make a basic meal because I'm just stressed out and I want to get it over with. I'm more likely even on the other on another uh, example, I'm more likely to put thought and care into a podcast episode when I'm not overworked and anxious and I feel easy and breezy writing it. This is why our programs are so different from others in the well-being space. All our practices are holistic and they work together. Working with your mind and mental state is something we always focus on in our programs because it keeps you driven in control and energized when you're trying to step back into alignment with your best self, your happiest self, your healthiest self, okay? Others keep showing up exhausted to the gym every day without taking care of their headspace. 
Meanwhile, you're showing up to the gym with high energy, a high positive attitude, and an attitude to smash your workout, leaving you on another high. Do you get out in nature? Do you sit in the park and read a book you like? Do you meet your friends for a good time at a cafe rather than just text them from your bed? Think about your mental well-being like a jug of water. Every time you put practices into action that raise your vibration and make you feel happier, you're filling your jug. Anytime you take on practices that stress you out and make you anxious, you open the spout to drain your jug. So as long as you are adding in more practices that fill your jug and you do your best to break away from the practices emptying your jug, you will master the ability to control your stress and anxiety and alleviate a lot of those symptoms you're feeling. Having too much on your plate and not enough practices that raise your vibration, this creates a mental imbalance, again, heightening your emotions of stress and anxiety. So these practices are all about finding that right balance and maintaining this balance. Alright, the last psychological need of today is belonging. Now, new studies suggest Generation Z is now the loneliest generation. Our generation is statistically experiencing more feelings of isolation, getting married later, and the worst of all, ladies and gentlemen, having less sex. Gosh, that's awful statistics. Now, do you know how many Americans report feelings of constant loneliness? 120 million. That's enough to put that into perspective for you. That's enough to populate Canada three times. We're in the middle of a loneliness epidemic. Now, it's no doubt that loneliness is a major nail in the tire to meeting your psychological need of belonging. And an article published in Psychology Today, it references a report that analyzed 63 studies concluding loneliness and isolation are directly linked to depression and anxiety. There's so much research on how to on how this lack of belonging, social connection, and community that can back this up. But the most important thing is noticing how you feel when you feel isolated. How was your mental state over the pandemic lockdown? My guess was like it, it was exactly like mine. You're low, sad, tired all the time for no reason. And even another example is that we've created an age where we rarely need to interact. And even when we do interact, it's through a screen, texting, Instagram. Heck, you can even order food right to your door without talking to a single person. So with this day and age, how can we expect to meet this need of belonging? And I'll answer you a personal story. I'll answer this with a personal story, actually. I work remotely. I could literally work anywhere in the world. Bali, Japan, Spain, yet I have not done it. And there's a reason for that. Now, if I do that, my friends and family wouldn't come. They can't come. I'd be isolated, living, quote-unquote, living the dream in another country. The experiences I have there might be great for the first little bit, but they would grow empty without the people I love beside me to share those experiences with. I've been seriously investing energy into my social community. I've been making an effort to connect with a wider circle of friends to go out, hang in our backyards, spend time outdoors together. And I can honestly say it makes a world of a difference in terms of my mental health. Think about how you feel laughing with your friend over the stupidest thing that nobody else in the entire world would understand. How do you feel when you experience a concert with your friend group that you guys have raved about for so long and the artist finally came to town? How do you feel when you meet up with your friend after a long time because you've both been so busy and you're just so excited to talk each other's ear off 
all night long. My guess is that you didn't think about that feeling of anxiety. You most likely thought of the feelings of joy, excitement, and happiness. So just like this feeling of belonging can mitigate the feelings of anxiety because you're filling your headspace with higher vibe feelings like incitement and joy, meeting your other psychological needs of purpose and happiness can do the exact same thing. So to wrap up part one of our anxiety masterclass together, let's revisit the quote we spoke about above from Johan Hari's TED Talk, okay? Everyone knows you've all got natural physical needs, right? Obviously. You need food, water, shelter, clean air. If I took all those things away from you, you'd be in trouble real fast. But at the same time, every human being has natural psychological needs. Meaning just like your body starts to shut down or respond negatively if it doesn't have water, food, or clean air, your mind will start to act out negatively when it's not receiving the basic necessity it needs. And as our culture has brought us further away from our natural environment or filled our lives with overstimulating tech, it's brought you further away from tending to your psychological needs. So after listening to part one of this training, I want to leave you with a question. How are you going to start tending to your psychological needs of purpose, happiness, and belonging? Think about that and step into your week at any point and start asking yourself how you are going to do this. Usually when we think of anxiety, we're focused on our mind. We need breath work, yoga, meditation, whatever it is to calm the mind. Now, yes, these are practices that can certainly help. But what if I told you that the foods you were eating on a daily basis could hold even more power to alleviate your anxiety just as quickly? The same way that you pour gasoline on a fire to multiply its size and intensity, the same relationship is true when you're eating foods that affect your anxiety and multiply its size and anxiety. But how? How is food able to do this to you? And this starts with something we call inflammation. So we're on the same page. Let's define what inflammation is so you're better able to understand the rest of this podcast. Inflammation is your body's response to anything harmful, whether that's toxins, bacteria, or even healing a cut that you get. Inflammation is protective. We need inflammation, providing it stays short-term and then stops once it's taken care of that toxin, bacteria, or healed cut. The problem with inflammation begins when it doesn't stop. Think about your inflammation like a teeter-totter, okay? On one end, you have inflammation, meaning it starts inflammation. And on the other is anti-inflammation, meaning it stops inflammation. You want this teeter-totter to have a very nice balance. You want the relationship together to work in harmony. Inflammation goes up when you need, then anti-inflammation balances out the teeter-totter when you need. Does that make sense? But here's the thing. If inflammation always stays up on that teeter-totter, this means you have constant inflammation within your body, throwing your teeter-totter out of balance. Now, when this happens, it puts you at risk for plenty of negative health outcomes. With one in particular, the topic of this podcast anxiety. Looking at the breadth of research around the link between one's levels of inflammation in their body and the severity of their anxiety is a very fresh perspective. The overall evidence points to anxiety disorders being associated with enhanced inflammation throughout their body. To give you an example, a study published in PubMed injected humans 
with a bacteria that causes inflammation. Okay, you with me so far? They just took a bacteria, put it in a human, boom, they jump-started inflammation. So what the authors actually found was that as inflammation increased, so did feelings of anxiety. They also noted that individuals whose inflammation levels increased the most experienced the greatest levels of anxiety. What? What are we talking about? This is crazy stuff. You wouldn't think the link would be there, yet science has proven it left, right, and center. And to go a step further, a review published in Depression and Anxiety Journal, it analyzed 41 studies, and it came to the conclusion that there is an association between inflammation and severe anxiety, and this provides insight into the way that anxiety, also including PTSD, is related to certain measures of inflammation throughout the body. Crazy, crazy stuff. Again, fresh perspective though. So now we know there is a big link between inflammation in your body and the severity of your anxiety. So if we're able to minimize the constant inflammation potentially happening within your body, in turn, we could be able to minimize your potential feelings of spiraling, overwhelm, and anxiety. Now because we're on the topic of food, I want you to understand that every food you eat can tip your inflammation teeter-totter one way or the other. The foods you eat can either trigger inflammation or lower inflammation. I'm going to say that again for you. The foods you eat can either trigger inflammation or lower inflammation. And I want you to take this thought and carry it with you as you leave this episode. And this one in particular, okay? You really need to focus on the pattern of eating as opposed opposed to eating just a few particular foods to reduce inflammation. Look, there's no miracle food out there that's going to cure people with chronic inflammation. You can't eat blueberries and think, you know, I can continue eating all the junk that's spiking my inflammation and thinking, ah, I'm good, I'm in the clear, I have my blueberries, like Matt said. This isn't the case, I wish it was, ladies and gentlemen, but it's not the case. You need to have an anti-inflammatory lifestyle and diet. And over this episode, I'm going to show you my top three ways to do this. So let's jump into them right now. So let's dive into the first group of foods that's tipping your teeter-totter in favor of keeping inflammation heightened. We're going to talk about processed foods. In our day and age, we are obsessed with this high-protein, low-calorie fad. Convenience foods and wrappers, so-called quote-unquote health products, plus our ever-present manufactured snacks that pollute our grocery store aisles and home pantries. What I want you to know about these processed foods is that your body didn't evolve over millions of years to take in and thrive with these nasty ingredients. Your body isn't designed to thrive with monosodium glutamate, modified potato starch, or partially hydrogenated soybean oil. So when you ingest these ingredients from these quote-unquote health bars or chips, prepackaged meals, your body is going to view it as foreign, as a toxin, despite the health claims that the food product is advertising on its package. So to fight off this foreign toxin, your body triggers inflammation. So if you're eating processed foods on a daily basis, even if it is in moderation, you are triggering your inflammatory response on a daily basis, in turn elevating one of the big contributors to your anxiety. Some big foods and ingredients to stay clear from, especially packaged foods, This includes things like sugar. It's not really beneficial for anybody besides that it tastes great, so keep that in mind. Another one is any oil that is not olive or avocado oil. And this is where people really get tripped up because I want you to literally go in your pantry. I want you to look at any food. Grab the first food 
that you see. And you tell me if it has canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil, one of those variations, maybe even a mix, maybe even a mix, you will be baffled at how these oils are everywhere. And because these oils are super inflammatory and we consume them in such large amounts because of all the foods that they're in, especially in processed foods, this is why I believe our generation has chronic inflammation all the time. We're always eating these foods. Seriously, check that out because you're going to be baffled at the first thing that you grab will definitely have it. If not the first, the second, I can guarantee that. Unless you got, you know, somebody in your house who has really good purchasing uh, knowledge. But seriously, check that out. Anyways, I digress. Let's move on. Even check your protein powders for fillers and the extra junk the manufacturers toss in. Even crackers that market themselves as healthy. They probably contain some garbage like high fructose corn syrup. We could go on all day long around what ingredients spike inflammation, so I will leave you with this for time's sake. All processed foods and ingredients are unnatural, meaning your body views it as a toxin that is foreign and will most likely trigger inflammation throughout your body. Very rarely do I recommend processed foods to our students at Revive, even if they're low-calorie, high-protein, low-carb, whatever that case is. They come along with ingredients that throw gasoline on your inflammatory levels in turn, elevating your levels of anxiety. So what do you do here? You're scratching your head thinking, Matt, great insights as always, my man. What do I do next? And our students here at Revive and the students of Live Better and our Nutrition Kickstarter program, they know the answer to this so well. It starts with eating a variety of whole foods. And when we're talking about whole foods, We're talking about foods that don't require extensive ingredients lists or nutritional breakdowns or calorie callouts. These are things like quinoa, mangoes, chickpeas, cashews, avocados, sweet potato. Are you catching my drift here? Whole foods are what your body has evolved to eat. So eating in alignment with your biology will help your body reduce your levels of inflammation, in turn helping lower your levels of anxiety. In our Live Better and Nutrition Kickstarter program, we not only give you non-restrictive lists of these foods, but we also give you big lists of the exact foods that are scientifically proven to reduce inflammation just by eating them. It's that simple. It really can be that simple. Yet we overcomplicate everything in our day and age. And we've even had past students say, wow, there are tons of food options in our programs compared to their other conventional weight loss or nutrition plans that restrict the tons of foods. And they're baffled by how, by how much they can actually eat. And yes, FYI, we include carbs on those lists. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, carbohydrates, mm, everybody's favorite. And we still ensure that you will lose weight and lower your body's inflammation simultaneously because we're eating in alignment with our body's evolution. So even doing this, I want to just add a little cherry on the top for you. Even doing this r- reduces the bloating in your gut. So some people even lose an inch off their waist within a week because their abdominal area isn't so puffy or inflamed. That's the power of our approach to holistic wellness at Revive. Eating foods to lean you out and help with your mental well-being. Powerful, powerful stuff. Anyways, I digress, I digress. The main point here is this. By stepping away from a diet consisting of mainly processed foods or a high amount of processed foods, and starting to introduce whole foods as a lifestyle change, your body will handle the fine print of reducing levels of inflammation, which helps alleviate symptoms of anxiety.
Okay, all right, let's move on to our second promoter of inflammation. That's tipping your teeter-totter overboard with inflammation. And now this statement definitely shakes up some noise in an industry that's obsessed with low-carb trends and high-protein trends. Animal foods are one of the biggest and most consistent promoters of constant inflammation. At Revive, we are big plant-based advocates because of not only the weight loss advantages that come with eating plant-based foods, but because of the healing effects that come as a nice cherry on top. Mm. Time and time again, whether you're struggling with acne, constipation, a combination of those two, diabetes, cholesterol issues, anxiety, so much more, the foods that show protective effects and solution for these things are plants. Time and time again, the studies show up that these foods are plants. Meanwhile, the foods that show negative impacts that actually contribute to these problems, guess what kind of foods they are? Animal foods, meat, dairy, the same things that litter the Instagram culture of low-calorie, high-protein meals that you can make in 10 minutes. I wouldn't really recommend that as health-promoting, especially when we're talking about anxiety and its link to inflammation. So let's get into the back and the science back info as to why I'm saying these things. Because animal foods contribute to your inflammation, I want to look at research and science that actually shows how eating this way can trigger inflammation really, really greatly inside your body. So researchers in France, get this, all right? They presented a study that consisted of over 67,000 women who were eating a diet high in animal protein from meat and fish. Now, the study concluded their diet was pro-inflammatory and was associated with an increased risk for inflammatory diseases in their guts. IBS, IBD, you can even talk about some colorectal cancers. I don't mean to scare you, but I just want to illuminate how bad inflammation can be within your body, and especially when it's linked to eating foods like animal foods. Now, moving on, our meat supply, it also comes from commercially raised meat from factories and fish farms. You see, agribusiness, it's a very competitive industry. Farms, I hate to break this to you, ladies and gentlemen, farms are not like the pretty images that they market to you. Farmers pump their animals with hormones and the cheapest possible feed to fatten them up. Then they lace the animals with antibiotics to keep them from getting sick due to the growth hormone cocktails they give them, the overcrowded living areas, their unnatural diet including soy, corn, and even candy. Yes, they feed cows candy. And honestly, who knows what else? But you're probably saying, yo, Matt, who cares? The animals are eating that, not me, right? I'm good. I'm in the clear. Well, in this case, the saying of you are what you eat should be tweaked to you are what you eat ate. You see, these growth hormones, the antibiotics, and the toxins that these animals eat, when they consume them, they are stored within the animal's tissues. So when you consume these animal foods, even though they're full of our favorite thing in the world, protein, and they're low in what we fear so bad, carbs, you actually end up consuming those same hormones, antibiotic residues, and toxins that the animals did, which are foreign chemicals that set off a stick of dynamite and keep your inflammation levels high and your anxiety levels high. As we said at the beginning, we know there is a big link between inflammation in the body and the severity of your anxiety. 
So if we're able to minimize the constant inflammation potentially happening within your body, in turn, we could be able to minimize your feelings of spiraling, overwhelm, and anxiety. Yet, eating a diet high in animal foods and low in protective plant-based foods, it can really put a nail in the coffin to this, okay? Keeping your inflammation elevated as well as your level of overwhelm, anxiety, and frustration will continue to happen. All plants, though, again, let me actually preface with this. I know I sound like the doomsday guy. I'm always giving bad information, bad news, but I'm also here to deliver you there is a better way to do it, and we do all hold the key to the solutions. So if you're not going to be eating a diet high in animal foods, what are you going to be doing? Plant-based foods are all anti-inflammatory. Plants hold the key to reducing inflammation. And one of the big reasons for this is because plants have antioxidants. And I know you've heard this word kicking around somewhere before. And antioxidants, super simply, they are the main compounds within plants that help reduce and protect you from inflammation. I'll give you an example of how powerful these things are. I once, me and my buddy went out and we had some food that was definitely pro-inflammatory. We knew it was pro-inflammatory, but we were up for a good time. So we had a little bit to eat. Anyways, when we got back, he was super bloated. He couldn't even move. He thought his gut was going to tear. So what do I do? I spice up a little bit of a turmeric shot, mix some water, some black pepper, cracked it in there, and I gave it to my friend. Now, turmeric is a very powerful anti-inflammatory plant food because it's very high in antioxidants. It's debatably one of the most antioxidant-rich plant foods out there. So what ended up happening to my buddy who was suffering from this bloating in his stomach? Within 20 minutes, I'm not even joking, 20 minutes, his bloating disappeared. And he came running out of his room asking, Matt, what the heck did you just give me and why do I feel better this fast? And it goes back to the antioxidants. Plants have 64 times more antioxidant power than animal foods which is another insight and a little nudge, wink, wink, into what types of foods we should be eating to reduce our body's inflammation. Here's another one for you, okay? Activation of the inflammatory response in your body leads to a release of inflammatory cells which have been shown to access your brain and trigger feelings of anxiety, stress, even hopelessness, and depression. Studies show you can literally drip saturated fat which is a type of fat mostly found in animal foods and very little in some plant foods, you can literally drip saturated fat onto brain cells in a lab and see inflammation get turned on like a light switch. This inflammation in turn can lead to significant changes in motivation as well as anxiety, arousal, and alarm, further fueling this negative cycle. But the good news, like I always say, there's some good news. I'm always going to deliver that for you. The good news is that this entire process is reversible if you stop eating these unhealthy animal fats and foods and switch them for fats and anti-inflammatory compounds as well as all the other nutrients that come predominantly found in plant foods. And this doesn't need to be complex. Don't worry. All plant foods, and I'm going to repeat it, all plant foods have an incredible array of anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and protective powers that help improve your inflammation levels and mood. Animal foods promote infl inflammation. Plant foods help lower inflammation. Just imagine how eating these types of foods can tip your teeter-totter out of balance or keep it in balance. And one thing plant-based foods are really great for, aside from lowering inflammation, is improving your gut health. 
Now, I know you've heard this term gut health before. It's everywhere. If you own a social media account, you've probably heard this word. Everybody's talking about it. Now, what you need to know about your gut is that it is our third promoter of inflammation, providing it is not happy. A happy gut is not inflamed. A happy gut is balanced. You see, 70% of your immune system, which is the system that is responsible for inflammation, it's located, guess where? Right in your gut. Your gut is the first point of contact with the outside world. And when I say outside world, I mean the foods and the drinks that you consume every day, right? When you ingest them, your gut's saying, oh, look, you know, Sally just drank some Coke. Oh, you know, Rob just ate some fries. The gut is the first person to know about it in your body. So like we spoke about how processed foods and animal foods trigger inflammation, your gut is the one who sounds the alarm when it realizes these foods have been consumed. So by swapping processed foods for whole foods and swapping your animal foods for plant foods like we just went over, you are already working wonders for your gut and ability to lower your body's inflammation. But why are we speaking about your gut in terms of anxiety? And this is really crazy because new research coming out around the relationship and association between your gut and anxiety shows that most people also suffer from a gut issue simultaneously. Whether that's IBS, IBD, or some other gut issue, the link is there. IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, and IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease, these are known to both report symptoms of consistent inflammation. And patients with these uh, issues also report feelings of anxiety or depression. Now, how is this happening? What's going on here? How is there even a link to that? That doesn't even make sense. So to understand this, you need to know that your gut is home to trillions of cells of bacteria that live in harmony with your body. The deal that we made with this bacteria in our environment is that we'll give them a free place to live if they digest food for us, protect us from toxins, reduce inflammation, and keep the place running, keep the lights on, everything moving smoothly. You have tons of different species of bacteria down there to hold up their end of the bargain, okay? Some beneficial species of bacteria and some not so beneficial species of bacteria to keep things super simple for this podcast. Now, a gut that has an unbalanced ratio of these two teams of bacteria within it, meaning more bad bacteria to good bacteria, again, to keep things simple, this can lead to inflammation, which is a significant contributor to anxiety. You want the gut to be balanced just like you want your teeter-totter of inflammation to be balanced. Now, here's a crazy example, okay? Patients with IBS have an imbalanced gut bacteria, which is why they have IBS, one of the main reasons why. Now, I once read a study where researchers took the gut bacteria from people with IBS, and they transplanted it into mice. Now, guess what happened? Folks, the mice started to develop anxiety-like behavior, demonstrating that your gut can play a role in affecting your mental well-being, especially if it's unbalanced. Now, by shifting your gut bacteria into a more balanced state, you can not only improve your gut issues, but you can simultaneously improve your levels of anxiety because, ding, 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 they're linked together. The good news is you don't need magic pills or you don't need years to do it. You can change the balance of your gut overnight just by eating certain foods. 
It literally can happen that fast. And if you're eating the right foods, like our students of our Revive Live Better program and Nutrition Kickstarter, no, these results can come fast, real fast. Like we went over, if you're eating high intakes of animal products, processed foods, alcohol, sugar, you're going to create a gut that encourages inflammation and creates an imbalance. But a diet rich in plant-based foods is linked to gut bacteria that have the opposite effect. Our plant-based foods come into the rescue again, helping us lower our body's inflammation and balancing out our guts. So when we're talking about shifting your gut bacteria into a more balanced state, it means you need to feed your bacteria their desired food and keep their home tidy, clean, and happy. So to show you what I mean, let's imagine you're hosting a birthday party and you ask everyone who is coming if they want cake or cookies for dessert. Half the people RSVP'd, yo, we want some cake, I love cake. The other half people responded, RSVP'd, you know what, cake's not really for me, I want the cookies. So to keep things simple, you don't want to cook all these or bake all these things, it's too much work, you're just going to serve the cake. Now, imagine you did this, plus when you had the guests coming over, you didn't vacuum your place, you left dirty dishes all over the sink and countertop, and you let your guests show up to a messy home. Mmm. Okay, so guests arrive and guests are doing their thing. Time for dessert. Now, the people who wanted cookies, when they see that you're only serving cake, they're a little upset. You didn't make what they wanted. Plus, add to the fact that they're staying in a dirty place, they're going to get fed up and leave. Your party is now missing half the people. Your party is out of balance. So, by not feeding your guests what they want or keeping your home tidy for them, It's the same when you don't feed your gut bacteria what they want to keep your gut environment happy. You could literally be starving them of the foods they need to survive and help you, which can throw your gut out of balance. Processed foods and animal foods, like we spoke about earlier, starve your gut bacteria and create a not-so-happy environment for them. Your gut bacteria's favorite food is fiber, and fiber is what creates a happy home for them. They love fiber. I can't even stress that enough. Fiber is a type of carbohydrate that the body can't digest, but your gut bacteria down there digests it for themselves. And like we eat food, we digest it, and then go make a deposit to the toilet if you're, you know, catching my drift. When your bacteria eat fiber, they do the same thing, but their deposit is much more beneficial to you and your anxiety. When you feed your gut bacteria fiber... They produce these acids that literally reduce inflammation. All you need to do is eat high-fiber foods, plant-based foods, and your environment will stay happy and healthy because of these practices. Your gut bacteria will literally take that in, handle the fine print for you, and take care of the rest. But in our day and age of processed, low-calorie, and high-protein fads, the numbers are shocking to the point that less than 3% of Canadians don't get enough protein, okay? Only 3%. That's such a small ratio of people entire in the entirety of Canada. Only 3% of Canadians don't get enough protein. Meanwhile, on the opposite spectrum, 97% of Canadians don't get enough fiber. 97%. There's no focus on fiber. They're missing a huge piece to the puzzle. Plant-based foods and fiber. It's no wonder why Canada has one of the highest rates of IBS, a gut issue, 
in the world. Estimated at 18% versus 11% globally, according to the Canadian Digestive Health Foundation. Now, here's the creme de la creme, the trick, not even trick or tactic, the literal piece of information that's going to empower you to start making more beneficial changes for your gut, your inflammation, and your anxiety. High fiber foods are found in plants, avocados, sweet potatoes, quinoa, beans, legumes, vegetables. Processed foods strip away the most of the whole foods fiber and refine it into an end product with little to no nutritional value. Animal foods, get this, guess how much fiber they contain? None, zero, they have no fiber. Plus, they wreak havoc on your gut and they actually encourage inflammation. And this is another hint as to what foods we should be eating to reduce our inflammation, keep our guts happier, and as a result, because inflammation is one of the major contributors to anxiety, you can help alleviate your feelings of anxiety. This is another reason our programs are so unique here at Revive, okay? They help you shift your gut into a more balanced state through fiber and plants, of course. But our students also use four other holistic tactics to get their guts healthy without calorie counting, restrictive eating, food scales, food tracking, and all the nonsense that goes on within our industry today, and the stuff that you're being told that clearly is not working for the vast majority of people. Look around, everybody's still struggling with these gut issues, obesity is a problem, so make that a true testament as to what you really need to be doing for your health, gut health, inflammation, and mental well-being. Our students at Revive lose weight while improving sleep, digestion, and even mood simply by shifting their lifestyle with simple tweaks that we teach. Now on this topic of plant-based foods and fiber foods, these are great foods to add in, but I want to point out something that so many people neglect when trying to get their gut healthy and their inflammation down. You can add in all the protective foods you want, but if you're not removing the habits and foods that are causing the problem in the first place, then the problem will never really go away. Imagine parking your car at work every day in a spot where birds sit and they literally take dumps on your car windshield. Would you rather wash your car every night knowing the birds are going to ruin your windshield again the next day? Or would you just park your car in a different spot? I think this answer is self-explanatory. Yes, add in these practices that we spoke about today. But also make sure that you're stepping away from the habits that are constantly damaging your gut and elevating your inflammation. It can work wonders for your health and anxiety. And this is something we teach and guide you through step-by-step in our Live Better program and Nutrition Kickstarter program. This way that you become educated and empowered, putting you in control of your life and well-being. So as a beautiful recap here, the levels of inflammation in your body are significantly connected to your levels of anxiety. Your inflammation is like a teeter-totter. On one end, you have inflammation, meaning it promotes inflammation. On the other side, you have anti-inflammation, meaning it stops inflammation. You want this teeter-totter to have a nice balance. You want the relationship together to work in harmony. Inflammation goes up when you need, then anti-inflammation balances out the teeter-totter when you need as well. But if inflammation is always staying up on that teeter-totter, this means you have constant inflammation throughout your body, throwing your teeter-totter out of balance. When this happens, it puts you at risk for plenty of negative health outcomes, with one in particular, anxiety. So if we're able to minimize the constant inflammation potentially happening within your body, in turn, we could be able to minimize your feelings of spiraling, overwhelm, and anxiety. 
Now, as a recap, again, our three big promoters of inflammation in your body that we spoke about today are consuming daily processed foods, a diet high in animal foods, and an unbalanced gut. To help alleviate your inflammation, and I want you to get a pen here because this is the insights that you're going to be taking away from this podcast. To alleviate your inflammation, it starts with one, swapping your processed foods for whole foods. Number two, swapping your animal foods for plant foods. And three, shifting your gut into a more balanced state. Put these three practices into consistent action. And I would be super excited to hear how your mental and physical well-being changes. We're diving into the digital world, what we call super stimuli, and how it's ramping up your anxiety and overwhelm at every moment. When we're talking about the digital world, we're talking about the time you spend in your social apps, in your TV shows, in your electronics. And this episode will help you understand the huge negative impact on your seemingly insignificant decisions within the digital world and how it's elevating your anxiety. And as a cherry on top, mm, I am going to walk you through some easy and surefire ways to break free from your tech and digital addiction so you can stop feeling overwhelmed and anxious and start feeling more calm, level-headed, and in control. If you're tuning in here for the first time, I invite you to go back two episodes and listen to part one and two of this Anxiety Masterclass, because right now, we're in part three, and those other episodes can truly work wonders for your anxiety. So don't skip them. Go check them out. Seriously. Just go back wherever you're listening to this to, two episodes, check out our website, you'll find it, just search Anxiety Masterclass, and it'll come up. In part one, we talked about your psychological needs and how without meeting them, you're setting yourself up for constant anxiety. In part two, we spoke about how your food choices are potentially contributing to inflammation and how that increases your anxiety without you even knowing. But if you're here for part three, you've already listened to our other first two parts. I love that. Let's get into the meat potatoes. Mm, Okay. Our Revive Insiders, our students who have gone through our Live Better program, They understand that stress and anxiety is like a jug of water with a spout. They know what habits either fill up or drain their jug. What you need to know about this jug we're talking about is that one of the biggest keys to mastering your stress, anxiety, and burnout comes from this jug. Very simply for this episode, any practice that you do that brings you life, energy, calm, or happiness, that's filling your jug. Any practice that you do that drains you of life, energy, calm, or happiness, that empties your jug. When you're engaging with more practices that empty your jug and not being mindful and filling your jug back up, this is when the imbalance sets in. Anxiety creeps back up. Spiraling seems to come back in. That tightness in your chest, it sets in again. Your jug is too depleted. Our Revive Insiders know how to navigate their stress and anxiety like the back of their hand thanks to this jug practice that we work with within the Live Better program. But now, relating back to the topic of this episode, the digital world, super stimuli, and overwhelm, the digital world is, more often than not, a practice that is emptying your jug without you being aware of it. And as a result, you may be dealing with overwhelm, anxiety, spiraling, and you know what? I would even throw burnout in there as well. But don't worry. I got you. I got you. Today, I am going to take you by the hand, and I'm going to walk you through the digital versus analog worlds and their link to anxiety why we are so addicted to the tech world, and lastly, because I never leave you hanging, Mm. how to break free from your digital and tech addiction so you feel empowered over your anxiety, 
feel calm, in control, and freer. Let's get moving. When you look at our day-to-day lives, we're operating predominantly in two worlds, the digital world and the analog world. We spend an insurmountable amount of time in the digital world compared to the analog world. So let's get on the same page here. At any moment during this episode, when we're talking about the digital world, we are talking about the time you spend in your social apps, in your TV shows, in your electronics. The digital world is full of things that stimulate our minds by pulling us out of the real world and sucking us in. And the majority of the time that you're in the digital world, you're usually indoors as a nice little side note for you. But in the analog world, this includes things like reading, talking with your friends, hitting that gym, doing activities you like, like sports or even hiking. The analog world is where calm lives. It's where our body has evolved to thrive. The problem is, though, as a generation, we spend majority of our time not in the analog world. We're practically living our entire lives in this digital world. To give you an example, people in 2022 spend on average seven hours per day on the internet alone. Seven hours. That's almost a third of your day, excluding the time that you sleep. So that number is actually probably close to half of your waking hours in the digital world. The average weekly time spent watching television in Canada last year was over 22 hours per week among adults aged 15 or sorry, 18 and older. And those, get this, those over the age of 55, they watch the most television per week at over 36 hours. This is a lot of time in the digital environment that your delicate brain and human biology has never experienced in all of humanity. The internet came out in the 80s, okay? Instagram came out 13 years ago. That's pretty recent considering our ancestors were just lighting fires and counting grass blades before to pass the time. So for your brain that has evolved over 200,000 years ago, this modern tech era has slapped your brain in the face with stimulation. Our brains weren't designed to handle this stimulation, this level of stimulation. For our brains trying to handle this digital world is like you having all four burners on the stove going all at once. It's chaos. It's mayhem. You're going to burn the sautéed onions and your pasta water is going to boil over, okay? It's just too much all at once. But now this, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I believe we are the most anxious, depressed, and fragile generations in human history. The digital world, okay? This is the answer. We are addicted to it, whether that's helping our mental health or it's hurting it. The digital world is full of super stimuli, and this is a word we're going to dive into deeper later in this episode, so stay tuned. Keep that in the back of your mind, okay? The digital world is also col- or it's also full of constant dopamine, constant stimulation, constant nabbing for your attention, notifications, videos, pictures, emails, four kinds of social apps, work profiles, Slack messages, meetings, etc., etc., etc. And this is the stuff we face on a daily basis. This isn't week to week. This is every day, every minute of our day. This is the digital world pulling us and nabbing for our attention. Now, according to a review published in Frontiers in Psychology, internet addiction has been found to be associated with depression, anxiety symptoms, and insomnia. Now, insomnia is when you can't sleep. So if you're saying, Matt, holy jeez, that's me. You got me. That's exactly what I'm struggling with. You might be in the digital world way too much. Our brains were designed for the analog world. It's what we've evolved with. Why do you think you feel so peaceful and relaxed and clear When you're at a cottage or by the water or in a park, you're in your body's natural environment. Now, I talk about this a lot here at Revive. The more we act in alignment with our biology, the more calmer, healthier, and happier we will feel. Our biology is designed for natural settings, the analog world. 
Think about how you feel when you're on a beach vacation, when you're at that cottage getaway or that walk in the park. How do you feel? You're probably calm, chilled out, clear. That's exactly how you feel. But now think back to your first day back at work from your vacation or cottage getaway. Back to a world full of screens, notifications, overstimulating content, aka the digital world. You are now in an unnatural environment, an environment out of alignment with your biology. This is when the mind starts going a million miles a minute again. Shortness in your breath, it comes back. Your scatterbrain, the tightness in your chest, it suddenly appears. Things seem overwhelming. It's because you just went from an environment where your mind and body thrives into an unnatural environment that's making your brain live out life with four burners on the stovetop. It's chaos, it's mayhem. You're going to burn the sautéed onions and your pasta water is going to boil over. It's too much all at once. This goes back to our jug example. The more time you spend in the digital world, the more you're going to drain your jug, which means the greater feelings of anxiety, overwhelm, and poor sleep, and even burnout that you're likely to experience. The more time you spend in the analog world, however, is the more you're going to fill your jug. And this is where you start feeling more empowered over your anxiety. You feel calm, you feel in control, clearer and freer. And that simple shift in perspective can truly move mountains for you, even though it's that simple. Now, am I saying the digital world is all bad and you should avoid it like the plague? No, the digital world is incredible. I love it. It's where I call my friends for a night out, listen to podcasts that educate me. It's where I literally wrote the information to share these insights with you and connect with you on this podcast, whether you're in BC, New York, Australia. The problem with the digital world is when you don't break out of it, ever. It's all about the proper balance and knowing how to operate the digital and analog worlds just like our students of our Revive Live Better program, so you can maintain control over your anxiety, stress, and overwhelm. So the first step to breaking free from this hyper-addictive, stimulating digital world starts with understanding why you are so addicted in the first place. And that, my friends, begins with understanding dopamine. Why are you so addicted to the digital world? Is it the likes that you get? Is it the entertainment that numbs your mind? Is it the hot characters on your nightly TV show? The answer is this, okay? Dopamine. Dopamine is a type of neurotransmitter and hormone responsible for you allowing you to feel pleasure, satisfaction, and motivation. When you feel good, mm, you know that feeling, you achieved something, you won something, you got something for free. It's because you had a huge surge of dopamine within the brain. Now, where dopamine relates to the digital world is the fact that the majority of habits that we engage with within this digital world, it drenches our brain with dopamine. Funny TikToks? dopamine hit. You receive a text from the guy that you're talking after 30 minutes of no reply, mm, dopamine hit. Comments from your Instagram selfie, dopamine hit. Your brain loves dopamine. Your brain wants to maximize dopamine because it feels great. So if your brain knows all it has to do to get more dopamine is to send you looking in the digital world, it's no surprise how easy it is to become addicted to our tech and this digital world. The problem is, though, that when your brain becomes reliant on this large amount of constant dopamine, it can affect your anxiety levels, even happiness and mood. Now, here's the thing. Science is showing that dopamine is more like a chemical of anticipation rather than when you get something, like after watching a TikTok or your TV show or getting the text from the guy you're talking to. Your brain actually rewards you with dopamine immediately before you engage in something pleasurable. Now, think about it, okay? There's a mini rush when you check your phone and scroll through your notifications to see if that person texted you back. There's another mini rush when someone sends you a TikTok and you're waiting for it to load and see. 
you are anticipating a laugh. And just think about how open or when you open that Netflix app and you hear that intro sound. Mm, I know you just got excited hearing that. Your brain just got an anticipatory dopamine hit. These are all dopamine hits before you engage in that activity. This is the rush that reinforces the habits that give your brain the dopamine hit. This is why it's so easy to become addicted to the digital world and so difficult to break from it, even if it comes at the expense of your anxiety and your overwhelm. Dopamine takes over. Your brain chooses stimulation over calm every single time. Overstimulation is where anxiety lives because anxiety can't live in calm. But in our digital age, it's so easy for us to fill our days with dopamine-driven habits that drown out any chance of analog world time and where we can experience calm. Now, here's what you need to know about dopamine, okay? Dopamine triggers more dopamine. The more you engage in activities that give your brain the dopamine hit it's craving, the more you will seek out other activities that do the same. You might start your night by watching, you know, your nightly Netflix show. Dopamine hit. Then you know what? You need to grab some cookies from the pantry while you're watching. Another dopamine hit. And then you know what? It's not too exciting anymore. Let me scroll TikTok during the boring parts of my show when they're happening. Another dopamine hit. When your brain is given a choice, more often than not, it will gravitate towards the habits, actions, and decisions that maximize the amount of dopamine it gets. We do this even for decisions that are gratifying in the moment, even if it's short-lived and leads us to a feeling of emptiness when we're finished. Like we said, dopamine triggers more dopamine. And over time, as you engage with more activities that are constantly keeping your dopamine elevated, you become accustomed to this level of dopamine. And this is what the author of How to Calm Your Mind, Chris Bailey, calls your stimulation height. It's the level of mental stimulation and dopamine your mind is accustomed to living with. Now, here's where it gets tricky. The more you engage with very dopaminergic habits and practices, the more stimulating and dopaminergic habits you need to engage with in order to keep your mind and dopamine elevated. It's like, I know this is a bad example, but it's like those people who drink on a daily basis. It takes these people much more alcohol to get drunk compared to someone who rarely drinks. Their body views four glasses of wine as normal. Ah, just a Tuesday night. It's used to it. But now it needs six glasses to feel a buzz and actually eight to get drunk. They need more and more to just maintain a base level and to get a little bit above that. And your dopamine, in your dopamine levels, they act the same way. For someone who spends a lot of time in the digital world, whether that's texting, on social media, TV, email, shopping online, surfing the internet, even multitasking and doing all these things at once, guess what? Your stimulation height, aka the level of dopamine that you are accustomed to living with, is very high. Much higher than someone who may spend their time at cafes listening to music, reading in the room, or enjoying nice walks with podcasts. Now, am I saying that you can't ever check your DMs or watch a TV show? No. I'm not even saying that you're a bad person either. I do the same things. What I want you to take away from this is to understand that we need to control the level of stimulation we are engaging with in the digital world rather than mindlessly following whatever our brain is telling us to do to seek out more dopamine. That's where your anxiety and your stress and your overwhelm is where you lose control and your mind starts getting filled with those constant spiraling overwhelm thoughts. That's why our students of our Live Better program are always working to balance their stimulation height and level of dopamine with things within the analog world, to reduce their anxiety, to bring down their level of overwhelm, to engage with habits that leave them feeling calm, energized, and fulfilled, 
rather than feeling like their brain is fried and overworked. The simple understanding and lifestyle tweak that allows our students to live better, to keep their mental well-being calm, clear, and in control, is the fact that they understand how to operate the digital and analog worlds that surround them every single day. So with our solid understanding of how living in the digital world makes us feel anxious and living in the analog world makes us feel calm, paired with our understanding of how dopamine is the reason for us being unable to break away from the addicted digital world that we're in, you're ready for your next step. And let's dive into how to break free from your tech and digital addictions. So as we dive into this section, I want you to be aware of the stick of dynamite that is present in our digital world. It's what we mentioned earlier. It's called super stimuli. Super stimuli are one of the biggest reasons our digital world makes us incredibly and chronically anxious. Super stimuli are highly processed, exaggerated versions of the things we're naturally wired to enjoy. The more artificial, more desirable forms of the real thing. With the aspects of them, get this, designed to specifically spike the most amount of dopamine in your brain, keeping you coming back even at the expense of your anxiety and mental well-being. Rather than listening to a podcast that's longer in length, slow-paced, and still a form of entertainment, TikTok, which is a super stimuli, it blows podcasts out of the water, giving you fast laughs, entertainment, and an endless supply of new stimuli every 10 seconds. Instead of sharing a coffee with your friend at a cafe, which again, is more slow-paced, it's more one-on-one, texting, DMs, and social media, on the other hand, these are forms of super stimuli that lets you connect with 10 people all at the same time, always having an endless supply of conversation, dopamine hits, and more laughs. The digital world with these super stimuli provides you with alternatives to activities where calm lives, and that provides you with a more balanced release of chemicals within your brain, rather than just a huge spike of dopamine. Yes, we still enjoy hanging out with our friends or learning something new in a podcast that betters ourselves and our lives, but super stimuli provide us with more dopamine than anything else that we can spend our time on. And this is why we choose stimulation over these things, even at the expense of our anxiety and mental well-being. But we are addicted. How do you break free from this hyper-processed digital world so you can reduce your anxiety and feel calm, clear, and free? And here's the answer. The same way that dopamine triggers dopamine, calm triggers calm. You need to shift your balance from time engaging in the digital world and start living more in the analog world. Remember, the analog world includes things like reading, talking with your friends, hitting the gym, activities you like, sports, even hiking. The analog world is where calm lives. It's where your body has evolved to thrive. And the more time that you spend there, rather than overstimulated in the digital world, this will put you on the path to calm. I'll give you a real life example. I had the choice this Tuesday to watch TV, grab my phone, some chips, hit the couch, lounge around. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with this. I just had the choice to be driven by my dopamine habits within the digital world and choose stimulation and distraction versus what I actually chose to do. I chose to start the book that's been on my shelf for so long. I made a tea, I hopped into my desk chair that I'm sitting at right now, and I started reading. I opted for the analog world. Now, while I was reading, it elicited so many different feelings that I wouldn't have had watching TV. My mind felt more present and clear reading the pages. I was able to stay more focused. And I was even having more positive thoughts and desires to seek out more positive behaviors that night and later in the week. I remember reading and I thought, you know what, maybe I should stretch later tonight. Maybe I should wrap up my night with some meditation. And I got to make more plans to be active this Saturday morning. I have the morning free. 
So you can see that in the same way that dopamine makes you seek more dopamine, in the same way that stimulation makes you seek more stimulation, positive grounding analog behaviors will make you seek out more positive grounding and analog behaviors. I was in a much more mindful, positive and optimistic mind frame. I felt in control rather than reactive as I usually do if I was spending all my time in the digital world. And you have the power to do the exact same thing. We have the time for the activities that make us calm. The reality is we just don't have the patience to adjust to a lower stimulation height. One of the greatest ways to break free from your tech and digital addictions that is chronically elevating your anxiety is to lower your stimulation height through something called a dopamine fast or a stimulation fast. This involves shifting your balance from time engaging in predominantly the digital world and starting to live in a more analog world. Engage with more activities like getting into nature, moving your body, reading, have no phones around when you're with your friends or your partner. Whatever the thing is, again, it's entirely personal to your likes and preferences. If it's in the analog world, it can work wonders for your anxiety and especially because you're not plugged in. By stepping away, aka fasting from the super stimulating activities that drench your brain in constant dopamine like binge watching shows, scrolling on social for an hour at a time, or constantly checking your phone for notifications, and then stepping into the analog world more, something really special happens for you. You lower your reliance on dopamine. You lower the level of stimulation that you're accustomed to. And remember, we spoke about this. This is called your stimulation height. And by doing this, it helps you move closer into calm, less anxiety, less spiraling. This is one of the major keys our students in our Live Better program have mastered after we go over it. And it's one of the reasons I believe is a strong factor in a lot of our students alleviating their anxiety and improving their mood almost in an instant. They know how to navigate both the digital and analog worlds to keep their mind happy, peaceful, and in control. Now, I will warn you, shifting to the analog world is tough, okay? You're giving up dopamine. Things will be boring. Will you feel like something's missing? Yes, you probably will. You just need to adapt to the analog world. Give it time and stay mindful and consistent. Heck, I remember when I did my dopamine and stimulation fast for 30 days. I remember on like day two, I scratched my head going, oh man, am I bored. I'm so bored. Even when I was engaging in analog activities like reading, writing podcasts, or listening to my vinyl collection, my brain kept trying to make me seek out stimulation. I had to try so hard not to check my notifications not to text someone, not to work on my business. But over time, it seamlessly got easier. It took about a week, to be honest with you, so give yourself a little bit of grace period and be gentle with yourself through the process. And about a week in, and then especially after the 30 days, the tightness and the shortness, or the tightness in my chest and the shortness in my breathing, really, it went away. My brain fog cleared up. It's when my sleep started improving. It's when my mind stopped feeling more anxious and I started feeling more present and grounded. Like I said, you can do this too. And it all starts with stepping away from the digital world and into the analog world. You need to find a proper balance between the two. Now, I know it might seem like a lot to start out going cold turkey with this dopamine and stimulation fasting. And you're probably saying, Matt, there's no way I can do this. I'm going to offer you two solutions to kickstart your success in ridding your anxiety and overwhelm. Now, number one is to click the link in the show notes below and listen to and join our six-week Live Better program where we walk you through this exact process. You'll get step-by-step guidance as to how to implement all these tactics into your life. Each week covers a different tactic, 
But where you'll love the program is when you dive into the weeks that touch on week two, how to avoid negative influence and toxic environments. Week five, find inner peace, zen out and master your anxiety. And week six, supercharge your sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. You're going to love these. These are all linked to your anxiety. So our Live Better program will walk you step by step through each of these weeks and more. So check out that link and click the link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this too. And I'll see you within the program. And FYI, the program is self-paced, it's private, and it's entirely online. Now, the second solution to kickstart your success in ridding your anxiety and overwhelm starts with what I call owning your morning. Your morning holds the power to set the tone for the day you're going to have. If you're waking up and scrolling in bed for social or with social media for 20 minutes, then you're going to eat breakfast watching YouTube, and then you drive to work only to sit down at your desk and catch up at emails and texts all day, you're playing catch up all day. From the moment you wake to the moment you sleep, you're reactive. Your brain is not in control. But on the flip side, what if you gave your brain the time it needed to wake up and ease into the day with no screens? What if instead you set an intention? You were more mindful. Start your morning with things that fill you up rather than drench your brain in dopamine and deplete you and make you anxious. Stretch. Make a tea. Walk. Journal. Listen to music. Start your day intentionally and deliberately in the analog world, and you can literally feel the difference as you go throughout your day versus if you did the former. Slow, analog, and intentional mornings lead to deliberate, calm, and clear days. So throughout this masterclass, we've looked at part one, the link between your unmet needs and anxiety. Part two, food, mood, and inflammation. And now we've wrapped up part three, the digital world, super stimuli, and overwhelm. This can all be very overwhelming to take action on. I totally understand. Now, yes, you can use the tactics and solution we've covered in here just in our short time together throughout these audios. But if you're looking for more step-by-step guidance and a done-for-you framework to start feeling more in control of your self-talk, well-being, and anxiety, you will greatly benefit from our Live Better program, just as our many students before you have. Amanda, one of our incredible Live Better graduates said, I started off this program very unsure about how to fix my self-talk and surrounding environments in a positive way without being self-destructive. I feel like this program gave me tons of healthy tools to navigate my self-talk, environments, and anxiety in a way that's actually beneficial to my health. My life after this program and its useful advice has helped me shift towards a healthier mindset and alleviating my anxiety, which will continue to be something that will be improving. Amanda, you rock. Thank you for that amazing testimonial. And if you're listening right now or you're watching right now, you all have the power to do the same thing. And all you need to do is show up to the program. Imagine yourself six weeks from now, calm, clear, less anxious and in control. The Live Better program guides you through six weeks, step by step. So you start feeling exactly like this, starting out with mastering your negative self-talk, your mind work and intentions. Then we jump into tactics to find inner peace, zen out and master your anxiety, all the way to science-backed practices that supercharge your sleep and help you wake up feeling refreshed. And there's so much more in the program. It's a program like no other, like you've never experienced. And I say that, I know I'm biased, but I say that with such confidence. If you are interested, click the links in the show notes or in our bio wherever you're listening to this too and begin today. Health and well-being should be accessible to everyone, which is why we made the program so affordable so that anyone can join. Have a look below, click the link in the bio, the show notes, wherever you're listening to this too, and get started with Revive and Live Better today. I'm looking so forward to you and seeing you within the Live Better program. 
Thank you for sharing your time with us throughout our exclusive Revive Anxiety Masterclass. Send these episodes or link to the person or the people that pop into your head that you think need to hear these messages and insights. We want to serve as many people as we can. And by sharing our content, you get to be a part of our movement to create a better way of living for our generation. Thank you for tuning in.